Chapter 10, A Rib Tickler Tim Bradley had seen some big fancy houses in his life, but never before had he seen anything like Berkeley Mansion. Wow, that looks pretty intense, he said to Simon Belmont. An interesting word for a house of evil, said Simon grimly. Simon looked ill, as though he were struggling with something inside him that he didn't want to talk about. Berkeley Mansion was a bad place before Dracula ever came to Castlevania. It is a house where a great baron once killed his entire family, his servants, and guests, and therefore was beheaded for his crimes by the law. They say that it is haunted by at least a thousand ghosts. Tim Bradley gulped. He could believe it. This house certainly looked like a haunted house, from the gothic architecture to the creepy mist that overhung it like a grave shroud. Even from the outside, he could smell rotting timbers and the mustiness of a hundred years of misuse. This was one creepy place. Prepare, Timothy Bradley, for experiences that shall stretch and perhaps distort your mind. A smile touched Simon Belmont's lips. As we enter the doors of this great house, I am reminded of the beginning of one of your jokes, Timothy Bradley. Knock, knock. Tim looked at Simon and then back at Berkeley Mansion. You want me to say who's there? Well, I'm not going to. He took in a long breath. Because I really don't want to know. Tim Bradley had always wondered what a video game would look like if it became real. He'd always wondered about how the strange zigs and zags of a game would translate into three dimensions, along with taste and smell. However, he truly had never wanted to know what Castlevania would look like. It was too scary to contemplate. However, now he knew. And the truth wasn't pleasant. This whole dimension seemed somehow tilted like an old horror movie. This was certainly the case with the interior of Berkeley Mansion. The floors and the ceilings and the walls just weren't square, just did not meet at right angles. The place not only smelled of old shoes and dead socks, it smelled of forgotten things in the back of the refrigerator. It smelled of a terrible past unearthed, something better off buried. The door was no problem. There was no door. They walked into the main hallway through the sagging open doorway. Draperies and tapestries hung in ruins all about a great hall to the right. Clutter and antiques lay strewn in the wreckage. Which way, Simon wondered, stroking his chin. I would think down, wouldn't you, suggested Tim. Why would you say that? I don't know. Dracula always likes to be close to the earth. Reminds me of a joke. Why does a vampire take cold medicine? Simon made a face. To stop coughing. I do not understand the joke, but your reasoning is correct. What else do you see here in this room that you think gives us information or might be of use? Tim surveyed the cluttered chamber. Good thought. You know, the thing about Nintendo games is that there's always something around somewhere that you need to use somewhere else. This is not a game of any kind, Simon said sternly. This is deadly serious. Yes, I know, but I still think we should look for something that doesn't seem to belong here. Something that looks like it might be useful later. Tim began to walk around the odds and the ends. Now look at this, for instance. He picked up a broken cuckoo clock. A bird on a broken spring hung out of it like a weird alien tongue. I don't see a thing that this would be good for. He tossed the thing back into the heap of junk. But this... I don't know... It may be a possibility. He bent down and pointed at something on the ground. What is it? asked Simon. It was an arrow. But not just any arrow. 
It looked like an Indian arrow, with colorful feathers on one end and a stone arrowhead on the other. Look at where it's pointed, said Tim. At the fireplace. So? I guess you wouldn't know, but these kinds of mansions always have hidden passages, and they usually have them behind the fireplaces with marble mantelpieces. Simon looked puzzled. Why is that? Because of these. Tim walked toward the fireplace. On top of the mantelpiece was a row of candlesticks. For hidden passages, you need handle openers. He pulled on one of the candles. It was just a candlestick, and it came off. Ha! So much for your theories. Please, Simon, said Tim, still feeling self-confident on the subject. There were ten brass candlesticks on the mantelpiece, any one of which might be the secret handle that opened a hidden door. Tim tried another candlestick. No go. Another. Nope. He started to get worried. Gee, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Sticking out from the fireplace was an old gate. Looking over to Simon, he did not see it. He tripped over it, falling flat on his face. Oof, he said. His dignity was hurt far worse than his body. Tim, are you all right? Simon rushed over to check suddenly all seriousness again. Yeah, stupid of me. But I'm kind of a klutz at home anyway. I... Wait. What's that sound? The sound was a metallic scraping, like cement skidding along a steel floor. Tim looked around at the same time that Simon did. One of the dusty, cobwebby panels inside the fireplace was slowly sliding away, opening a section of musty, mysterious darkness. Simon looked down at his fallen friend. It would appear that I have an apology to make, Timothy Bradley. Wow, there is a secret corridor! Fear tickled his backbone. On the other hand, how do we know for sure that this isn't a trap? Simon shook his head. A trap would be more alluring, more obvious. Now, you have done well. Let us progress. We, after all, have the torches we got at the inn to light our way. Yeah, let's just try not to burn down anything. This place looks like a real fire trap here. Simon headed for the passageway, his torch held out before him. A sudden gust of wind blew out from the passageway, blowing out both torches. The room was plunged into darkness. Well, so much for that, said Tim. Wait a minute, though. That arrow. You know, maybe there's something magical about that arrow. I mean, it did show us the way to the passage. What do you mean? Just a hunch. I mean, this sounds just like something from a video game. You need to find objects, you need to use objects, and sometimes those objects work together. So, it follows that the arrow may affect whatever magic we've already gotten. The crystal. The crystal we got at the church. It's worth a try, right? Tim heard the sound of uncertain footsteps as Simon searched his way back to the arrow. With a grunt, he knocked into something. Tim could hear the sounds of his hands feeling about the floor. Found it, he said. Okay. Take the crystal and touch the arrowhead to it. Very well. It was like turning on an electric light bulb. The crystal ignited with a white light that lit the whole section of the room. Simon gasped with surprise and wonder, blinking with the brightness. I think that'll do the trick, said Simon, brushing himself off as he got up. Still, since you've got the light, maybe you should go first. Yes, Simon said. Bring the torches, though. We could find a light later, and who knows how fickle this magic light will be. The passageway proved as dusty and murky as Tim had expected. But otherwise, it was bare of danger. They followed it to a set of stairs, which they descended. Three flights down, they came to a dead end. 
Simon, using the light, scoured the walls for some sort of opening. He found nothing. Well, this is a fine fix, said Tim, shaking his head. I don't know, though. It doesn't really make sense, though, does it? I mean, why would there be a stairway down to a dead end? You are the puzzle solver, Timothy. You know, you can call me Tim. Tim. Somehow it doesn't sound right. He stepped very close to the wall to inspect it closely, holding the arrow and the crystal up for better illumination. And a very strange thing happened. The crystal dulled in its brilliance. The closer the magic got to the wall, the lower dipped the light. Simon stared at this phenomenon for a moment, drawing the crystal back and forth in the air to determine if, in fact, it was the wall that was dimming the crystal. Something evil is blocking this passageway, he said, which means that it may be something that is protecting the rib of Dracula. It looks that way, but how are we going to unblock it? We're not magicians. Should I start telling the wall jokes? Hey, wall, what's the stuff between an elephant's toes? No, no, this time I know what to do. Simon dug into his pack and drew out the large flask filled with the holy water they had received from the monk. If indeed this is evil, it's not going to like this. He tossed a splash of water upon the wall. The effect was immediate. It was as if Simon had tossed a stick of dynamite. With a profound kablam, the whole wall caved in with a cloud of dust. Tim took in a lungful and began coughing himself hoarse. You <coughs> were right, Simon. Which reminds me of this joke about Simon held up his hand. Shh. Look into the next room, Tim. He held forth the white crystal, which cast forth its light deep into the adjacent chamber. Tim looked, and astonishment overtook him. Goodness. Well, don't just stand there, came a cackling voice like something out of a rest home for the witches. Enter, if you dare.